Hey everybody, welcome to the Way Out Podcast. I'm Jeff, and this is my best brother, Joshua Ezzy. And uh, we are coming to you live this evening. And um, I know we missed you guys last week, but we decided that in the summertime, because uh, we're just having fun with the kids and doing all kinds of stuff that we're going to do every other week in the summer. So not next week, but the week after. And then through, I think, uh, sometime in September, we'll, we'll come back with an update once everybody's back in school. But today we're going to be doing a live Q&A, and then we're going to be talking about our three favorite food items from Publix, which is new to North Carolina, but I'm pretty sure it's gaining steam in the heart of my friend here, uh, Ezzy. So it's, 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 it's making its way. It's making its, it's way. Making its way. So how have you been, bro? How's, how's the last two weeks been? Man, it's been pretty good, man. Been full, been full, but it's been uh, productive, man. Um, ready to ready to get settled down a little bit more in the summer before I have to go back to before I have to go back to work. So I go back to work starting July thirtieth. Oh wow! So so yeah, so it's right around the corner. Uh, the, our school doesn't start. Our school starts for the students August the eleventh. So it's a quick turnaround. Eleventh. So and I think so, ours starts like the fifth, but they do something weird where they start at the end, like on a Thursday. Is it the fifth? Yeah, ours starts on the fifth. Yeah, ours starts on a uh, Wednesday, so it's kind of, but yeah, just getting myself just because this summer's blowing by pretty fast, man. Yeah. And one thing about being a family man, man, they people will will snatch you up. <laughs> they will snatch you up and and can care less, <laughs> can care yeah. less. Um, but it's it's part of part of the job. But it's just one of those things. I, I gotta I gotta at least get a good week and a half in because next year is going to be as a counselor as a as the person uh, at my school, the way that I'm received, it's going to be heavy. And so I got to, I got to make sure that I'm, uh, that I'm, that I'm ready. So, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited about next school year, but I, I need to, I need to get about a week and a half of just, I don't exist. <laughs> I don't exist. And, and and that's just my goal. I doubt it will happen, but that's the goal. Now I saw, I saw a, uh, I don't know what it was, but like a post or something. And the and the and the the girl said to this guy, you know, why are you alone? And he said, I'm not alone, I'm by myself. Yeah. And sometimes you have to take time by yourself. There's, by there's yourself. being alone and uh uh having alone time, right? Like you said. Yeah. But, um, and, and people and people need to understand that balance, that there is important to have that balance of well, you know what, I'm I'm going to be by myself. And unfortunately we live in a society where people don't want to be by themselves. Yeah. And I think the more you love yourself, the more time you make for yourself. And I think that's beneficial. And um we all need to fight for that, that time where we say, you know, I gotta be by myself so that I can be a better self to serve those that are around me. Yeah. And and for you all who are just joining, we are doing a live Q&A. So if you want to get your questions into the comment section, we'll be starting that here in the next few minutes. But if you can get your comments in there and we'd love to take your questions, there's really no question we, we won't try to answer unless it's something, if we can't, we're going to uh, search the scriptures and we'll come back to you. But um, please get your questions in. But yeah, Ezzy, I think it's important to spend alone time. You know, I found that with social media, even when you're alone, you're not alone because people are just looking through yeah. their, their, their social media. When I think of being alone, I mean, we're never alone as Christians. I think of talking to God, spending quiet time, yeah, being able to think through. Something I used to watch my grandfather do, um, 
that just amazed me. And I, and, and, and it's so simple, but I would see him sit out on the front porch by himself. Um, you know, I would be going down the road or whatever, and I would see him when I was younger and he would just sit there and look, and they had woods in their backyard in a field. And he would just sit there and just look out over the field in the woods. And he, he would just sit there for hours. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and unfortunately when, when you're our age, you're so busy, 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 busy that you forget to stop and say, you know what? I just need to sit on the porch and just look out over the field yep. and just relax and collect my thoughts and not, um, you know, that's why these people turn to yoga and all this other nonsense. Yeah. They turn to things that, that because there's no peace on the inside of them. And that's right. You know, yoga says to clear your mind and meditate and all that stuff. No, you don't clear your mind. You, you have the mind of Christ and his mind is full, but we dwell on the word of God. We meditate on the word of God during those quiet times. And yep. that's what brings peace. You know, if not to get on a rant, but my goodness, if I see one more uh, Christian celebrity talk about depression, this and depression, that I'm telling you, I'm like, listen, I'm not saying that depression is not there. I have personally experienced Same here. Same here. And I know that you have. So I, I, I know that we both have felt anxiety. I've had anxiety attacks. I know Same you have. Here. I know yeah. we've been all that kind of stuff. But I can, I can tell you this. Uh, uh, medicine did not solve that problem. Uh, um, some type of Eastern mysticism did not solve that problem. Fully surrendering my will to Christ is what solved the problem. When I, when I fully surrendered uh, and I no longer cared about the things, you know, Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Social media does is they want you to think about your life and compare your life every three seconds. That's all they want to get you to do is to compare your life and always think about your life. But Jesus didn't say to do that. He didn't say, he said, take no thought for your life. Um, just like he didn't. And so, you know, just if you're listening, y'all, be encouraged that whenever you spend time with the Lord, that whenever you have that alone time, you know, it's a good thing to shut off your devices, you know, unless you listen to the Way Out podcast, <laughs> then you can listen to that because we're, we're talking about the Word of God. And that that is something, too, that I do in my alone time. I actually put on sermons and I listen to things that uh, that give me a deeper understanding of the Scripture and, and put me on the right path to, toward God, you know, to become closer to Him. Um, by putting people, listening to people that I know are seasoned in God's word and who have an anointing to bring me closer. So, um, you know, but like I said, we have, we're doing a live Q and A. So if y'all have questions, all good. As you just said, if you have any questions, feel free to type them in. But, and, to um, add, and to add to that, man, I think, I think it's becoming a fad as far as depression. Yeah. I think um, the more depression is talked, the more people declare out of their mouths they're depressed, which then opens up the legal, the legalities of the demonic world to infiltrate right. and, and to actually bring into existence that which you have declared out your mouth. And, and, and we have to be very careful um, that we don't uh, diagnose ourselves with something that we could have just been more disciplined. We could have been more devoted in our devotional time, yeah. or we could have just examined our digestion <clears throat> and just make sure that we're, yeah. I'm very glad you said that because most people don't know. Uh, all So 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 I saw this the other day, Ezzy, just to, re, just to piggyback on what you just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy, I don't know who it was. He was a doctor of some sort. You know what he said? He, said, say? he said, in general, don't eat any foods that have a marketing department. <laughs> yeah. So 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 I say that first of all, but secondly, I have found that whenever my uh bad carbs are up and my yeah. like your bad processed things, 
Yep. It causes depression. Now, I cannot prove that, but go look it up on Google since that's what y'all use as your uh, thing anyway. But yeah. I guarantee you, whenever I eat healthy and I eat clean, I don't I don't feel yeah. that. No. So what you said about digestion, all that kind of stuff, and, and nutrition is so 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 yeah, so true. I've been I've been studying. Oh my bad, Jeff. Go ahead. I thought you I thought no, you was no. done. Go ahead. No, no, I am done. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I've been studying a whole lot about what they call our second brain, and our second brain is our digest is our gut. That's why yeah. I say trust your gut. Some some people out there in the nutritionist world believe that's the most important part of us, or is our most um um prominent brain like the most the most vital one because they were just talking about how the digestive system is is where um all of our you know um i ain't trying to put words out there i'm still studying this thing but then what they're saying was is that the more you take care of your gut the more you take care of your digestive system the yeah. clearer your brain becomes and they were talking about how those individuals who eat right before they go to bed or they have a lot of bad processed or carb foods and they and they don't intermittent fast and stuff like that mm -hmm. it takes away the time for their brains to go through its cleaning cycle mm -hmm. because they said the most powerful um the most uh energy um sucking part of our systems is our digestive system yes i agree it takes the most energy and so the yep. the less clean that we eat mm -hmm. the less the less sharp we'll be and i think we forget just about uh of all of our systems and position ourselves where we're able to be clear the enemy doesn't want us to be uh sharp and vibrant and yep. energize and 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 because he knows those are the vitality points that ensures that we hit the points that we need to hit in our walk with God to exhibit the light that Christ wants us to show. Um, because nobody's gonna want to follow a person who's who's broken down and and falling into the agendas of depression when we could just be examine our digest say okay what am i uh, uh ingesting and digesting spiritually mentally emotionally and physically well, so I, I think go ahead jeff no sorry i thought you were done go ahead oh yeah that was it that was it oh, no, i was gonna say you and i are both fans of intermittent fasting and i and i will yeah. say um i've been intermittent fasting for for years um and i Thanks. mean i mean years yeah. uh and and i did it before it was popular when everybody said it was crazy and the re and the reason I did it is because I read a scripture in Ecclesiastes, and it said, "Woe to you princes who eat in the morning before your work is done." And I was like, "What is yep. he? What is he talking about?" Yep, I yep, yep. So I so I read that, and I was like, "Because here here's where I was, and I, I didn't mean to go off on the diet, but here maybe you guys will get this, then we'll get to your questions." But real quick, I was doing the five meals a day, starving myself, five small meals, always hungry, uh, never had energy. Nothing. And I'm talking about, I would eat like, I would run in the morning and then eat right after and then eat like five times a day, five, six times a day. Mm -hmm. I was always hungry. I never had energy. Then uh, I said, I prayed one day. I said, God, is are we supposed to be eating like this? And that's when I started stumbling upon God's word. And I saw how Joseph, for instance, remember when he invited yep. his brothers yep. uh, in and, and when he did that, it was around noon. That was their first meal of the day. And then they would yep. have a light meal. So they were having two meals a day in general, it, it, maybe a snack in the morning or a piece of fruit when they were out. But for the most part, they were eating two meals a day. So when I switched to two or even one meal a day, I'm telling you, I was so much sharper, more yes. energy. I was able to control myself. My energy was was stable. Yep. Um, like you mentioned, you know, eating late at night when somebody eats like crap all day long and then they eat something at night, they just ruin themselves. 
Whereas for me, I eat in the evening, but it's like my only meal and I yep. feel fantastic. Fantastic. So, um, so it, and like you have to think about it. Like, what did the Romans do? What did the Greeks do? What did the Hebrews do? They would they would feast at nighttime. Now, some of those uh, cultures were gluttonous, and we're, we're not talking about that. Yeah. It's not where you eat. Remember, and when I say gluttonous, remember they were eating, puking, so they could eat more. So they would yeah. eat and puke so they could get more. That's gluttony. I would never support that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about eating until you're full, and I actually count my calories in my protein, so I know how much I'm getting when I'm eating. Mm -hmm. um eat, eat to your calories if you're you know and to be honest with you when i'm losing weight i i do one meal a day when i am maintaining i do two meals why it's very difficult for me to eat because i think my my regular i mean it's not difficult but if you eat healthy it is yeah. my regular calories are about 2800 to 3000 calories or more a day and i'm sure yours are there or a little bit more because i think you're taller than me so mm -hmm. eating 3000 calories of you know um, healthy food is is not you know you have to throw some junk in there. It's very exactly. dense in order yep. to do it. So in that instance, I split it apart and do two meals. And what I do is I do like a micro fast. So I drink, I, I drink or eat majority protein for my first meal, so that my second meal I could eat whatever I want, like potatoes and stuff. But anyway, uh, I was just gonna say if you guys haven't tried intermittent fasting, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you what worked for me. Yeah, uh, I highly recommend it, and I hate to even call it intermittent fasting. I'm just saying that look up what breakfast is. If you look at how it was started in the United States, how Kellogg was behind it and they were pushing cereal yeah. and all that stuff. You know, uh, our great grandparents were not waking up eating junk. You know, they ate eggs and butter and 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 milk and 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 all that kind of stuff. You know, and meat and vegetables. You know, things like that. And they they didn't have all the diseases that we have. So yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, I yeah, think I'm, I'm a strong proponent of it. Um, I do it. And and the productivity that I'm able to do is astounding in comparison to when yeah. um, I was eating three meals a day and just the Aren't big. Aren't you so much sharper? Do you do you not feel sharper whenever you? Oh man, it? especially now what I what I'm doing now what I've done in the last year or so, Jeff, yeah. is that I've I've increased my um, started doing sardines. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of a lot of salmon and stuff like that. The yeah. omega threes, like when I started getting a lot of the good oils. Yeah. And and eating eating sardines a lot and um uh, and just eating um brain food, man, you can't tell me nothing different. I'm no, sorry. I juice, I do sardines and uh, mm -hmm. egg white omelet in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um my goal is to do two servings of fruit, not fruit, two servings of sweets a week. And and I've been sharp and clear. Now on the weekends, I ain't trying to be clear. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm gonna go treat myself. You know what I'm saying? But what I've noticed when I'm in a season, I'm in book mode right now, Jeff. So by me being in book mode, yeah. when I'm eating, you know, sardines and getting those omega threes in me and stuff like that, you talking about the sustained mental uh, focus. Yeah. So that means I'm doubling my work time in comparison mm -hmm. to how I was previously. So oh. now I'm sharper longer, which means that the, ve the vision of God can only thrive through a healthy vessel. Right. If you're mentally clogged, physically drained, emotionally attached, and spiritually dark, how can you really produce and create and witty inventions and creative ideas? How can you? It's so true. And like, um, I was going to say, you remember Herschel Walker? Yeah. Uh, here in Georgia. You know, one thing, uh, whenever I got into intermittent fasting, I, I read a little bit of his testimony, you know, mm -hmm. since, since college, because he, if anybody doesn't know about Herschel Walker, I mean, the guy is a workhorse. Um, 
Uh, I, I mean, we're, I'm talking he uh, exactly, Kenny Mack. Omega. Our brother's in the building, Kenny Mack. Uh, but Herschel Walker was so busy having a job and getting straight A's and, and doing football and all that kind of stuff. He was a very, very hard worker. And mm -hmm. um, he just didn't have time to eat. So he would eat one meal a day. And still to this day, even when he played with the Cowboys, when he played with different teams, he still ate one meal a day. And um, um, But anyway, he and another person, because I started noticing something. When I eat one meal a day, I don't need as much sleep. I would yes. wake up and I would feel so full of energy, I'm ready to go. Well, come to find out him and then this general that was doing it as well, bro, they sleep like four hours a night. That's it. And they're ready to go. So I don't know what it is, but I'm just telling you, one to two meals a day, that five, six, seven, eight meals. Of course, you do everybody's body's different. So I'm not giving any advice. I'm just telling you what's worked for me. When I do one meal a day, I feel so much more disciplined. Um, you don't have to do one meal. I do two meals too. Like I said, yeah, it's um, depend it depends on the workload of that day. Like, like yeah, if, like, like if, I, if I'm moving around a lot, like over the summer, I could do, I could do one meal and I'm straight and some That's parts right. throughout the school year, I could do one meal, yeah. but when it starts getting busy, then I might do one and a half or two yeah. meals. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you have to do research on the importance of fasting the body and letting the body go through its cleaning cycles mm -hmm. and have and understanding why it's important for you to uh, eat clean down foods that will help you down to the cellular level of your body exactly. and really and really start because this is your body man like treat your body like a Rolls Royce treat your body like a Bentley treat your body like an Aston Martin treat your body like a Mercedes whatever the car your dream car is and how you will watch every turn you make and you'll park all the way to the back before you walk into Publix so nobody won't ding up your car do your body the same way right because this this body that God created is 10 billion times greater than a Aston Martin a Rolls Royce a Bugatti any vehicle so true. And we have to treat it as such. Amen. Well, I think we got some questions over here. So, all right. I think GDD is this a question? Jenny, what's going on? I don't know who that. No, no, this is somebody else. Oh, somebody else. Oh, that's not your aunt. Okay, okay, my oh, bad. Okay. Jenny, yep. No, you're good. I was raised by my single mom. My dad rejected my mom and I and I before my birth. It caused a lot of pain, and sometimes I'm scared of men. I'm in the forgiving stage and I want to follow the Bible's principles. Let me see if she put anything else. She did. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. How do I follow honor my father when he was never there? And how can I pray to heal from the past? I pray to get married someday and build my foundation on God alone. Also, thank you for holding this Q&A and sharing God's wisdom. God bless you. God bless you too. Um, You want me to go first, Jeff, on this one? What do you, you want me to go for? Okay. Uh, okay. So basically what I want to start off with is the enemy's agenda with rejection, right? Once you understand that uh, the enemy wants us to feel these deep wounding feelings early on, right? And most children, they don't understand. I was talking to a young man. Uh, he's actually my neighbor um, and he has adopted children. And what he was telling me was that he adopted his daughter when she was one month old and throughout her whole life, she struggled with rejection. And how can a child who was brought into a home at one month old still go through feelings of rejection? Why? Because even as an adopted child, it doesn't matter what family adopted her, right? She's still going to have that question of who were my two parents? And it's going to always be that longing to find out why did they let me go? 
And sometimes it supersedes that desire or feeling supersedes the ones that actually cares for them. Right. Jeff, you still there? I think we lost Jeff. I'm here. I think I'm here. Okay. There we go. Jeff's here. So yeah, you're going in and out. Can you hear me? Okay, I'll keep yeah, going until, until okay, perfect. Okay, perfect. And so so what what we understand with rejection is that rejection, wounding feels like rejection, abuse, neglect, and abandonment can be felt in our emotional realm for a long period of time, right? That's why you're struggling with this going forward, right? Now, when it comes down to your second question, make sure I read it. My dad rejected my mom and I before my birth. It caused a lot of pain, and sometimes I'm scared of men. Well, we have to first understand that we cannot utilize what one man's pain caused to keep us from being productive and, and open for what God wants right now. How do I follow honor my father when he has never been there? Well, let's talk about honoring. The Bible talks about honor your father and mother. Those words have definitions. A mother is one who nurtures. A father is one who instructs. Now, honoring your father in this situation doesn't mean you have to honor him like a good father. You almost got to downgrade to honor him as a man. And what I mean by that is, is that sometimes people will utilize their term to try to manipulate, right? And to try to cause you to feel, um, there we go. Um, am I okay? There we go. Yeah, yeah, you're good now. You can hear me now? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. And so when it comes to honor your father, well, is your father is your father the one instructing you, right? If he's not the one instructing you, then you honor him like a regular man. And what I mean by that, and please hear me on this, I'm not saying you be disrespectful. What I'm saying is you got to say, well, if you're not operating a title of a father, then I don't want to subject myself to having any strong desires to 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 uh, to to bridge a gap between my father. And then that man start utilizing his position as manipulative as a manipulation tool to get you off your course. Right. So this is how you will honor that man is just saying respecting, just honor him and just say, you know what? I respect you honor you as a man, but but it, depending on what, what God wants to, as far as um, bringing y'all together for, as far as a relationship, as, as a daughter and father, that's between you and them, right? But as far as having to make a way to go chase a, a man who was a father to say, hey, I want that relationship again, may not be beneficial, right? When he has never been there, and how can I pray to heal from the past? I pray to get married someday and build my foundation on God alone. Well, First, you got to get down to the root, and the root is to forgive him. The root of it is is to process your rejection. First off, second of all, you got to make sure that you find the right image, the right image that God wants you to view yourself as. You are his daughter now. And the beautiful thing about being positioned as God's daughter is that he, can, he will always supersede and always be able to be there to give you evidence that he was there the whole time in your life, right? So I'm going to let Jeff take a stab at it. Because I um, think my I think something wrong with my screen. I can't really let me make sure I get my technology over here fixed. Cool. You can hear me. Okay. Yeah, I think my I think my Wi-Fi. Let me just make sure my Wi-Fi is good. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, if if y'all in the comments, let us know if you can hear if you can hear me. If you can hear me in the comments, let me know in the comments if y'all can hear. You're going you're going in and out, bro. Let me see.
Okay, so y'all can hear me, but not Jeff. Okay. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so I went off my um my uh mobile thing. So can is everything okay now? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks good now. It's going good. Okay, good. Yeah, let me know if you have any issues. So I'm connected to my phone's hotspot because something's going on with my neighborhood. I don't know. No, you good, so, bro. Um, I was just gonna say, uh, the number one way you can honor him is by um thanking God that he was used to bring you into the world. There you go. That's one thing you can do. Um, because if nothing else, that's one thing he did do. God God used him to bring you into this world. I think we lost Jeff again. Let me see. Make sure it's not my internet. But yeah, thank y'all for, for trusting us with your questions. We're going to get through these technical difficulties and then get right back into the pod. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, my friend, like Jeff said, God did use him to bring you into the world. And, and that is a perspective shift. Now you can shift your perspective and that will give some level of empathy, will give you some level of love towards him. But in regards to forcing a father and daughter relationship as the band-aid, as the bomb to bring healing could be dangerous, especially if he's not ready to be that father in your life. But in regards to healing from your past, um, you just have to address it because whatever you don't address will undress you and get down to the depths of it. Um, invent your feelings to God. Get a journal, a healing journal. I'm actually working on some, some products that kind of helps people um, do some of those things that really just vent and 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 and, and un, unplug those dents and really help you. We got Jeff back and really help you <laughs> process those feelings towards him. But when you begin to really embrace um, God's love towards you, it would cast out all fear. And then you will be able to walk in strength. You'll be able to walk in wisdom and you'll be able to walk in love towards him. But it would be at a certain limit. It would be at a certain yes. level where you're not where you're not setting yourself up to be dented again, hurt again, etc. Now, and when it comes to your husband, you cannot allow the sins of one man to be placed on another man. We should welcome the fact that all sins was placed on one man which would then give us a perspective shift where we could say um, that that Jesus is in the sanctification business, that he, not all men are going to be abusive and that there is a man that God has for you that will love you while, while welcoming the love of Christ into your union so you won't put too much pressure on him. And because what you need, the reason why you must heal, because that husband of yours is not going to be able to bear the consequences, the resentment or the issues that came from your father. And that's not going to be fair for him. It's not going to be fair for your sons, because whatever you don't heal now will affect your spouse, will affect your house and it will affect your children. So let that be the motivation to say, hey, I got to heal from this. And really heal from my past by venting, maybe get a sheet of paper, write out what happened, uh, uh, find some empathy points with that individual and say, you know what, like Jesus did on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And like Jeff said, be thankful that he brought you into this world because God doesn't always need a clean, pristine, golden door to bring somebody in. <laughs> sometimes he'll just use whoever's available. You, Because sometimes God will bring you through a man or through a woman just for genetic purposes, <laughs> just for just for perfect timing, right place, right time, perfect door. Bam. We bringing this child through. 
and I'm gonna turn everything around for her or his good because I foresee that this individual will be, will be uh, willing to work alongside my purposes. So when you have a perspective like that, that God is sovereign and that God can utilize any seed donor and utilize any womb to bring purpose through, then it will have you have some empathy and possibly walk in love and set you free so you can um, enjoy your husband and children. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I remember years ago, I think it was Joyce Meyer gave a testimony as he about, mm -hmm. um, you know, her, her father was actually, I, I, I you have to look this up because I don't want out of term but i think he was mentally but he might have also been sexually abusive yeah and maybe something's going on in, in jeff's network and maybe that's what's what's causing it in that but it's okay we're gonna we're gonna keep rocking he'll be back but i pray this helps you jenny let's see if jeff comes back He'll be back. Let me see. Um, we'll go to the next question. And then Jeff will then come back and finish the story about Joyce Myers and, and how that story can apply to our sister, Jenny D. But it says, hi, Josh and Jeff. God bless you both. God bless you, family. I was wondering, Josh, what happened to your that youth group Bible study group you were leading? I thought you were like a pastor. Well, I wasn't a pastor and it was just it, it was just wise. Um, what I was trying to do was start like a. How can I put it? Um, like just a young adult youth kind of movement that connected with other churches to help provide young adult and youth ministries for churches that didn't have them. Um, and then God led me in a different direction. And so um, uh, those are some great times. It was for those who watch right now who didn't know that I had this thing called Unplugged. It was a Bible study on Thursdays. We had poets, we had musicians, we had all that kind of stuff. And we had a workshop of uh, stuff sitting around um, God's word. You can actually go on to um, YouTube and go all the way back. You'll see us in multiple different venues. Um, the last venue that we were in, where it was more of a workshop uh, situation. And um, with that unplugged, God led me in a different direction. And thank God for YouTube. Um, uh, YouTube Live really just made it where it was more feasible, uh, more financially um, uh, beneficial. And so I still do live videos. So the ministry has shifted. Now, my wife and I are still going to do some things with Unplugged. We're probably going to do some T-shirts and start some some eternity messages and some kingdom stuff messages. Um, but as far as the local Bible study, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much done for right now. Um, but I wasn't a pastor. And right now I'm serving my pastor and, and uh, working at my uh, school and serving the teenagers there and the young adults there. So that's where I'm at now. But as far as the Unplugged thing, that was a great chapter in my life. And God definitely got a lot of glory from it. And who knows? He might start. A, he might lead me to start it down the road. But at this juncture, he wants me to serve and sit. And that's what I'll do. I'll serve and sit. But thanks for that, man. I, I, it was some good times, man. And, and it was it was a great, great season. I did that for maybe nine years. So it was it was great. But, Jeff, you were saying about uh, for Jenny D's question, you were saying um, the Joyce yeah, Meyer store. I am so sorry, y'all. If I keep bro. I apologize. No, nope. no worries, man. Um, so 
I was saying I think her father was sexually abusive to her. But anyway, he got very sick later on in life, and she stayed and took care of him even after that. And I was just amazed by that story. So you might want to go look that up. But, yeah, I mean, the best thing you can do is is uh, to love him. You know, the, the true sign is that um, – For instance, I, I have a scar right here on my on my on my hand. You you probably can't see it, but I have a scar right here. It's there, but it doesn't hurt. And that yeah. that's how you know that's how you know that you're healed. You know, you really need to get healed to where yeah, the 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 effects are it may still be there from time to time, um, but it doesn't hurt anymore. And so, you know, at the very least, God used him to bring you into this world. And uh, you know, you have to be thinking. You know, why is he like, why is he the way that he is, right? You know, and, and it's because of sin. Sin yeah. destroys people's lives. It destroys families. You know, when we tell you to repent or to not live in sin, we're not just saying it because it's catchy or because, you know, uh, you you know, well, really, it's not catchy. We're the only ones doing it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, um, but the, the thing is, is that, you know, it, it ruins your relationship with God, but also re- ruins your relationship. With, I mean, go look up what bitterness does. When you're bitter over something and live in unforgiveness, it destroys. It, it says it not only destroys you, you have to look at it in James, in the book of James, but it also destroys every single person that you touch. You know, it just destroys the meaning. It destroys the relationship with them. And so, um, yeah, it's a, I think she said at the bottom, thank you both for your perspective. I've never looked at it that way and struggled for years. I'm going to rewatch this broadcast. broadcast sorry. Take notes and pray. Yes. Amen. I think, Jenny, uh, Lord, I just ask that you touch her father. Uh, both Ezzy and I both know what it feels like um, as far as having, you know, a difficult uh, childhood and, and parental situation, Father. So we're not just speaking out of, you know, nowhere. We've actually been through it and lived it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Father, I just ask God for complete and total healing that just like my scar is there, but there's no pain. And Lord God, that she wouldn't take that into her relationship, but Lord God, she would see you as a father because the Bible says that you are a father to the fatherless. So Father, we just pray for peace. God, I pray for supernatural peace right now in the mighty name of Jesus to come into Jenny's home. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for supernatural peace to permeate that that room in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Um. Yeah, sorry. So I've lost track of where we are in the comments. Okay, I think good. we're here. We got Jody with our brother Jody. He says, if God created sex, then why are we ashamed to talk about sex or think about sex as Christians? I Great question. Think, yeah, I think that's a very good question. Hi, Jody. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have to understand. Um, first off, let's give credit what credit is due. God invented it. God created it. I won't even say he invented it because it requires... Um, parts that was already created to event, but he created. I mean, he's he made it a part of his creation, right? So he created sex, uh, but we live in a world that perverts sex, right? And I think a lot of people in pastoral positions, possibly, and are who are in leadership positions, possibly. Um, anytime someone is uncomfortable to talk about a topic, typically they might be um, in sin with that topic, or they may not be familiar with that topic, or they may just be insecure about that topic, or maybe they're not be they're not well versed in that topic. So I'm not going to put that stamp on everyone's not talking about it, yeah. but it's important for us to talk about because sex has ramped up, uh, and sexual sin has been is diverse now. <laughs> uh, uh, so there there needs to be greater discussions about it, especially the depths of its effect. 
The Bible talks about that when one, when a person commits sexual sin, that's the one sin that they sin against themselves. Right. Why? Because sex is multi-layered. Sex is physical. Sex is mental. Sex is emotional, and sex is spiritual. What I mean by spiritual is is that when you're uh, when you do fall into sin, condemnation creeps at the door which then affects your relationship with God, which then affects the spiritual development. How does it affect you emotionally? Now you become emotionally tied to that individual because your, your body now registers that this person is your sole responsible sex giver. Your body don't, your body don't care what the situation was. Your body gonna be like, all right, this is it, this is it. Yep. Right? And also the mental aspect. Now you become a little bit more controlling. I talked to a young lady last week on, on a live and I was telling her the reason why women and men should not do it is because now you open up a beautiful thing outside of its protective parameters. Sex <clears throat> is only safe in a marriage where both the husband and wife are both submitted to God. No <clears throat> other place sex safe. You can, you can still be married and sex still be not can be dangerous. And so when we understand the power of sex, then we'll put a little more respect on sex. And then when we respect sex, then we could be able to communicate sex in a way that makes sense to everyone else. Like, ah, you're right. I probably should. Now I'm going to do what I want to do, but at least I heard the truth about it and it's dangerous. Yeah. But most people don't even think it's dangerous. Yeah. And so, but as far as thinking about sex, it's probably not a good thing to think about sex unless you're married. It's dangerous, man, because once you start triggering, thoughts are very triggering, and then it starts awakening certain areas of your body that should stay dormant while you're single. Um, and so that's my best advice there, and, I, and I've talked a lot about that, but it, but I think a lot of people don't talk about it because they don't really fully understand it, and its effects on individuals, or some people are caught in that sin, it's hard for them to talk about it because they're caught in it. just depends. Yeah. Um, so I would say... Uh... I don't think Christians, I think some Christians are afraid to talk about it. But one thing is, um, and I kind of maybe answer this in a couple different ways. Number one, um, uh, sex is different than fornication. So just so we're clear, um, and yeah. Joe, you did say Christian, so I, you know what we're talking about. But for everybody else watching, um, sex outside of marriage is fornication. Uh, homosexuality is, is uh, abomination before God. Um, uh, fornication, adultery, which means uh, sex while being married to somebody who is other than your spouse. Um, mm -hmm. It's also sin. Um, so uh, uh, all three of those are, are, are um, equally uh, under that same category of yep. sexual sin. Um, yep. And so uh, for those things, um, we would say to repent and, and, and not, to, not to do those things, right? Like the Bible warns against it. Even Paul, who's not married, warns you not to do those things. Don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't have sex outside of, uh, uh, or, or with a, a same gender. And there are only two genders, no matter what they tell you. No matter what they tell you. They're liars. And um, um, and then also you, your sex is between a husband and a wife, right? So, so because anything else is, is kind of like idolatry and adultery, right? Exactly. So, so if we're talking about sex... Jody, inside of marriage, which is its proper context, and I've used this example before where I said, you know, when you have sex outside of marriage, it's like a fireplace or a fire. A mm. fire is beautiful when it's in a fireplace. It's a very bad thing if it's in the middle of your kitchen or in the middle, <laughs> yeah. or in the middle of your bedroom or in the middle yeah. of your house or on yeah. your roof or in the basement, 
It's different, right? Because those things weren't made to contain fire. The fireplace is the only thing in your house that is uh, created to maintain a beautiful fire. And that's what sex is. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's intimate. And it's designed specifically within the framework of mm. biblical marriage. Okay? So just so we're clear on that. Um, number two, and, the way, and why I said this is, so like, for instance, when you're getting married, you should be going to premarital counseling. You should be going to people who are godly that can pour into your life who are married or at least who may not be married like Paul, but they are, are scripturally accurate and, and they are uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so those people, it might be more appropriate to discuss sex in a more um, private uh, manner. Mm -hmm. It's different for each person. You know, for instance, when you're a virgin, when you get married, which I was and as he was, mm -hmm. um, you learn each other as you go, right? It's a beautiful like, process. Yeah. And so you learn each other as you go. Now, that's where I think counseling comes in and tries to help you in areas where you as an individual or as a couple are struggling, right? Um, and then and then for those who don't want to be as uh, maybe they don't want to express that to somebody that's a counselor, there are so many books that Christians do produce that you can read as well. Um, but like the biggest thing to remember when it comes to that, and I think this is this is the missing part, because as far as the act itself, I mean, you can learn that in sex ed when you're in school, which they're trying to teach uh, kindergartners. So don't get me started on that on that rampage. Mm. I'm telling y'all, if you think, <laughs> let me just, oh my God, let me just, I know, I'll, I know. I'll be quiet because I, I cannot understand how you would support some of these people who you know are so perverted in their policies. But anyway, let me not, we're not going to go there this time, but oh, it, mm. I know. And, I know. and because it breaks my heart because I know kids are being led astray. And thank God my sons have godly parents at home to tell them what is right and wrong and That's that right. your children will have the same thing. But, uh, and if your kids don't have that, send them to the Way Out podcast and we'll help them out. But we'll help them out. Long story short, what I'm saying is like some people might not feel comfortable as couples discussing in a mass setting. Others might feel comfortable like that. Some want it more intimate. But what I would say is this what is, what is sex? What, it's the ultimate form of intimacy between a man and a woman. There, you, you can be no more intimate than sex, right? Like, I mean, you can't. Um, just like your ultimate form of intimacy with God is pure worship. When, when, when you, you lay before him in, in, in pure wor worship, right? Um, and so the thing is, is that uh, sex is a fruit of intimacy. Mm -hmm. so, so I want, as much as I want to hear Christians talk about sex and pastors talk about sex, what I really want to hear them talk about is intimacy and how to develop a relationship that pleases God. And a, and, and a relationship that honors God and glorifies God and, and, and brings out the potential in the, in the partner that they're married mm -hmm. to. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I can tell you about sex all day long. And let me tell you something. Anybody can have sex. We know that because we, we, we I mean, we are sexual beings. God created us to have sex. Every, every single thing that's on this earth does that, right? Like there, yeah. I don't. I don't think there's not an animal or a fish or whatever that doesn't have sex. Right? <laughs> yep. I, I'm saying God God created it. I mean, he's a pretty cool God. That's why he created us, right? Yeah. But sex is not the issue. Uh, holiness is the issue, believe it That's or not. That's right. That's it. Uh, uh, intimacy is the issue. Why don't I have intimacy? 
Well, there are a number of reasons why. Because I'm not loving my spouse the way that I did when I first met her. I'm not, I'm not letting go of past hurt and pain. When, when you go read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, really go through that and see if any of those things inside of that chapter that it says to do or not to do, are you doing or not doing? Because if you're doing the opposite, you're going to experience intimacy issues and that's going to mess up your sex life. So that's just kind of like my, uh, I think I've stayed on it too long. I, no, I'm that was good. About sex, but I'm more interested in talking about intimacy because the sex will come as a result of, of the of the true intimacy that the two of you share as you become vulnerable with one another in trying mm. to honor God through your relationship. And that's beautiful, man. And that's very vital. And that's why intimacy, not in a sexual context, must start with an intimate, developed relationship right. with God. Yes, exactly. And I, I think we forget about that. Like there's levels to um, <laughs> having the right level of intimacy in your marriage. And I think we get so caught up on the byproducts of intimacy, then we actually discuss the actual intimacy. Right. And I think that'd be a good topic for us to discuss, man, because that just got my brain going yeah. in regards to how <clears throat> and maybe doing a three-part or two-part, whatever, where we talk about um, what does intimacy, what is intimacy with God, what is intimacy with oneself. And we're not talking about perversion, but you, you know what I'm going with this. And intimacy with 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 our spouse and being intimate. Not I don't want to use that word intimate, but as far as being I know what you mean in tune with our offspring and and the the importance of closeness alertness watchfulness empathy understanding and how those components yes positions because, ourselves for yeah. the greatest outcomes for each relationship yeah that that's what that's what i'm getting at because exactly. like that i'm saying for instance let's say that you 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 have uh Let's say you could have good sex with your spouse, but if you if you don't treat your kids right, it's going to affect. It's going to affect because it ruins the intimacy because something is off. And it is. If you're a man and you're not providing for your wife, it's going to throw the intimacy off because you're stepping outside of of what God has called you to do. So that's what I'm getting at. I'm saying I'm not against talking about sex, but I am saying that nine point nine 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 times out of ten. The problem is not sex. It's, it's not. everything that is before and after that yep. is that is mixed up. It, that's why. For instance, whenever you have bitterness as a woman, there's no way in the world you'd be able to become vulnerable with your husband. You're not gonna be if, vulnerable. If you don't um if you become what is the word? Um not bitter, but um oh uh, the scripture Res- even says it um, resentful. Resentful. If you're a man who is who resents his wife, his wife, yep. You are not going to be able to experience the level of intimacy that Christ wants you to have, and therefore that throws off your sex life. So and people th- yes, think, I think and people, good. and people think intimacy sexually has to be. And I'm not talking about sexual either. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So people think that that I want to have this level, and it's like God's level of intimacy supersedes the world's display of sexual intimacy. Yes. And so what we're trying to talk about is how do we get to that 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 place in God where every relationship is enjoyed at its high. So the byproducts of that intimacy with God, the byproducts of intimacy with self, the byproduct of all these different forms are experienced because those level of experiences permeates in that individual's life and it produces a generation of individuals that fully understands that nothing is pleasurable where God is not. 
And, and just to prove our point, if you're married and you're and, and you treated your wife poorly this morning and then she doesn't want to have sex at night, why do you think that is? Do you think because it do you think it's a sex issue? No, it's not. Mm-mm. It's because you were a jerk. Yeah. And she does not feel close to you, which is another yeah. word for intimacy. But remember, she can only feel closest hmm. when she's having sex. But she's not going to do that if she doesn't feel close to you in any other way because look how you treated her in the morning. That's why, you know, you've heard a million times uh, that you, what you do, you know, l- last week affects how you yeah. go today and things like that. But I'm saying, again, that's why I say I'm not against talking about sex, but I don't think that that is the overall issue. I... I truly believe it is an intimacy issue, meaning a closeness. A, <clears throat> a closeness issue. Being able to trust one another. You know, you're not vulnerable with somebody you don't trust. That's right. And I want you to think about it in terms of your relationship with, with Christ. If I don't um, trust God, I cannot mm-hmm. fully surrender who I am to him, which is the ultimate form of uh, intimacy because it's worship. I'm giving myself over. I'm surrendering myself. But if I have sin in my life, yeah, there's no way that I'm. There's like a block. I can't. It's get a block. Close. I can't get close as close to him as I want because sin is going to block. It's the same thing when everything is out of whack in your relationship. Sex isn't going to work. Sure, you can go through the act, but that doesn't mean you're being intimate sexually. That's not. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. So because because animals go through the act, but they're never actually uh, uh, honoring God. They're not. There, there's not a closeness that God exactly. would have between a, a husband and wife. Yeah, and, so, and um, yeah, and and that's vital, man. And the same is with God. You know, can He trust us? Yeah. And we're asking God to entrust in our lives certain things that He's like, man, you got stuff in the way. And I think we need to do a deep dive on closeness because a lot of people just think they can do whatever they want and relationships and the relationship with God, relationship with other people should just keep rolling the way they think it should when that's just not realistic. And a lot of people are getting into marriages, expecting those things and then realizing that it it self-destructs. Yep. All right. You want to do two more questions? I think I see one at the bottom, Natalie. I don't know if there was one before that or not. I think I see Jody. I know that I'm not ready, and God want me to send someone while he's still preparing. Oh, Oh. we did Lenita's. Did we do? Oh, 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 yeah. So let's do Lenita's, and then I think the next one is, uh, or the last one could be Natalie. I think that's the last one. Yeah. Okay. Lenita says, I was married for many years, and I didn't think I wanted love again, but as God has healed me, and it's making me whole again. I feel a gradual, slow desire for love again. God's way, love again, God's way, and by his will. Yeah. I know I'm not ready, and God won't send me someone while he's still preparing me. I think that's more of a statement. I don't know if we talked about something like that. But yeah, I, I think we we <clears throat> lost it. We lost what it means. Like, if we won't entrust in someone that's not ready, like if Jeff right now, he has two sons. Yeah. He may he may let them drive in a parking lot, yep. right? But he's not gonna let them drive on the highway. Nope. Because they're not ready. You know, and so we have to understand that that God looks for readiness. And and I think the more we think of that, I think our prayer requests will be a little bit shorter. <laughs> yep. Because we will pray more for people. We'll pray more for nations. We'll pray. We'll, we'll, we'll infuse more of other people and other things in our prayer requests and ourselves because we will utilize our preparation time. 
and, and, and just say, I'm just going to prepare for that. I'm not even going to ask God for it. I'm just going to prepare for it. And so Amen. just keep preparing, my sister. Natalie. Uh, my question was above for advice. Oh, advice. Let me see. Did we miss Lenny this third part? Yeah, so just keep preparing. Write down the type of man that you want. We're not talking about just all physical. T write down all the things you would like to see in a husband. Read the word of God and just see, you know, look at the character of Jesus. Look at the character of, of, of a man that you may admire that were great husbands and, 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 and dream big and say, okay, what kind of man is it that I want? And then say, okay, what kind of, what kind of things that man needs? And then when you think about that man's needs, like if you know, like if you, like I always give this analogy, you want somebody 6'5", 275 pounds, that man is probably not going to be vegan or veterinarian, uh, vegetarian. <laughs> you got to know, you got to, you got to maybe learn, okay, let me learn how to cook. Let me learn how to, if I want a man of God, let me, let me know, let me get to know my word. Let me get in my word a little bit more and just enjoy the process of preparation. Because the good thing about preparation is when it's time for promotion, you have a lot to offer that man. And so keep preparing and, and, and enjoy that gradual growth of, of desiring marriage again and we'll see what God does from there. And he said, Natalie was next. Yep. And then that's our last question. And then we're going to do our um, top three things from Publix. Where's Natalie at? Uh, right before Gird Up MMA, um, right above the one that you had. Oh, she was above Lenita? Yes. Not she was above Lanita's question where she says my question was above her advice. Oh, um, it's at the bottom. There one. she go. There, there we go. go. So it says uh, I struggle to talk to friends and relatives who I know were exposed to Christianity, but are now pop culture Christians. <laughs> pop culture. Oh, that's good. Pop culture Christians. I like that. But what is the best way to talk to them about repenting? Uh, so, okay. I, I'm going to answer this in a different way because I want you to understand something. You said they were friends and relatives. So how you deal with them is different than how you deal with somebody on the street. What I mean by that is this. The Bible says that, uh, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Mm. What I have found with family and friends is the best way for you to witness to them is by living the life that Christ preached. What do I mean by that? I'm saying you don't necessarily have to use words. Francis of Assisi actually said, um, preach the gospel, use words if you have to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a good rule of thumb when it comes to family members, because here's the thing. Um, my family knows they know that I'm saved. They, a lot of them probably think I'm a fanatic. I do not care because I know what Christ did for me. With tears, I know what Christ did for me. Yeah. So I do not care, but I can tell you this. If you go to any farm, immediately you will know the difference between a goat and a sheep. Yep. Immediately. <laughs> yep. Immediately. Goats eat anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, they don't anoint uh, 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 sheep, uh, I mean, uh, goats to go through the thicket like they do sheep. But what I'm saying is they'll notice the difference. They, they, the, 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 the Bible says, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, but I get what you're coming, I know where you're coming from because you're basically saying that they probably think they're saved. They have a form of godliness, but they're not saved. And I understand that because welcome to America. <laughs> 
that is the majority mm-hmm. of almost every, at least in the South, every single person I meet fits the description that you just gave right there. Pop culture Christians. Uh, I'm not talking about perfection, but what I am talking about is that they live one way, but they preach another. For instance, they yeah. go to church, but they're still drinking, still smoking, still cussing. You know, and that gets on my nerves. Let me tell you something. When I see a Christian cussing and using cuss words, do you know that Peter used cuss words so that they would think he was not a Christian? He literally <laughs> started to swear so that they would not identify him with Jesus. So the fact that you're cussing would tell me that you're yeah. trying to tell the world that you don't belong to him. And yeah. good work because you're doing a good job of doing that. Yeah. So, so, so that's one thing. Um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When I hear somebody, whenever they're angry, start cussing, I know that that's what's in their heart. That's the problem, number one. But I know where you're coming from. One thing, like I said, uh, because it's your family, maybe friends is different. It depends on the type of relationship you have with them. But I would just say, let them, you know, Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. When their marriage is going through hell and they turn to you for advice, they'll know that you're the real deal because that has happened to me. When they when they need healing and they turn to you, they'll know you're the real deal because that has happened. So what I'm saying is like, just live the life in front of them. And if you feel led, you know, tell them about that. But just make sure that you're careful because when it's family, it's bet. I don't know, Izzy. That this is my personal. I'm not saying. Oh yeah, nothing. Scripture. I'm just saying that whenever it's family, I tend to. Um, I do not preach at family. I just show them the love of God. That's it. That's it. And I and I live the life in front of them that I actually live behind closed doors. So be there for them when nobody else is. Be an encouragement to them when no one else is. Like I just. They know I'm a, I'm quote unquote extreme, but remember, the darker it is in the world, the more the brighter you got to be. Will sound, and the brighter you are. You know, light is blinding when you're in darkness, but it shows and exposes everything around it that was in the darkness, right? And so, as I'll let you finish, but like I would just say, live the life that you you know, make sure you're living right, and you examine yourself to make sure that you're living. Uh, a righteous life, but not a self-righteous life. Yeah, I'm not going to add anything to it. That was perfect, man. I just want to make sure I, I reached our uh, sister here. Um, her question um, just kind of tugged. She said, I've been in three back-to-back abusive relationships. I almost was married each time till they asked me to sign over my property. All three were born-again Christian. All three were pop culture Christians leaders. Thank you. How do I recover from this? I am in my early 30s. I wish to have children one day. My Christian friends say I need to give up and everything that happened is evidence of this. Well, there's two things you got to do. Number one, you have to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to to deepen your discernment um, because there are wolves amongst us. And based upon your situation, a lot of Christian, quote unquote, leaders prey on women, not pray for them, but pray on them because of their weaknesses. Jeff and I have been in chapel services where there were prophets and people who had all this stuff and it was all gimmicks. And Jeff and I would look them in the eye. And I remember one time people was on the sidewalk laughing 
people was curled up on the ground laughing, doing the ha-ha stuff in the, in the chapel pews and all that stuff. And we looked them in the eye and was like, that was the dumbest thing I ever seen in my life. And I can't believe these fools fell for this foolishness. Yep. We had discernment. And even now we can spot a fake from a mile away. And so that's important in this day and age that you add that you and you get discernment by fellowship. Let me tell you something about the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve don't go out there and study every fake hundred dollar bill. They just continue to study the real. They know the real so well that they can spot a fake at a glance. The more you fellowship with the real deal, who is God, the more you're able to make real deals and be able to really discern and not set yourself up to be in this type of situation. Right. So to answer your first question is, first off, you have to understand that those were not born again Christian leaders. The word of God has very strict parameters for individuals who are at Christian leadership. And if those individuals are not matching that fruit and they're and they're abusing you and using you, then you have to ask yourself, am I blind? And what what in me is causing me to be subjective to this type of, of behavior? Chances are there's some insecurity issues. There's some uh, maybe some possible rejection issue. There's some deep wounded stuff in your heart that you have to go to God and heal for and be realistic. Nothing's impossible with God. God can God can redeem the time, but I tell people all the time, God can only redeem the time at the level of your mind being renewed. He can't redeem stuff and then your mind's not renewed to be able to steward this thing that you want the time redeemed for. So deep healing has to occur. Deep healing has to has to has to happen. And it, it will start with dealing. We're going to go below the three gentlemen. We're going to go all the way down to maybe what your father did, your mama did, any type of abuses you may have suffered. The Holy Spirit's going to then let you know you got to forgive them and let them go. You have to welcome the love of God in your life. You have to d- distinguish between the love of God and these false love from man and not compare the two. There's a lot of things that you have to do in order to have a heart that's getting healthy to be able to be in position to be married, right? And you also said, I lost most of my Christian friends. Good. The more you lose, the more you gain. My last ex spread rumors about me. I had to leave even my Facebook account and leave the church. That's good. Leave. And and But you got to cleave to God and say, God, I'm now ready to learn and don't allow the enemy to utilize your age against you. Do not allow the enemy to utilize your experiences and your friendships previously against you. Now it's time for you and God. You are in the best place of your life right now. That's an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I've tried it my way. I've tried it their way. And now I'm going to really get in, invested in, in God in, 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 in as far as him and then allow his spirit to lead you to a healthy church, not a perfect church, a healthy church. But if you go to a healthy church and you haven't fixed the deep, dark wounds of your heart, you're going to fall for the next wolf that's going to come by in sheep's clothing to take your clothes off and abuse you. I'm not going to even add anything to that. That was perfect. That's exactly right. Man, we got to go, y'all. Yeah. We got a lot of, we got some couple more questions. I'm seeing. Uh, Cassie says, it is, is it normal that you feel your heart broken like you were in a relationship, but you weren't in a relationship? Yeah. I mean, soul ties can be occurred without titles. You know what I'm saying? You could be involved with someone didn't have a title. That's why we can't do grown. We can't do married folk stuff outside of marriage because the more you start getting intimate, even in long conversations, even when you start having long conversations with people and you divulge in a lot of time and energy and effort and physical intimacy with each other, this stuff happens. 
And the issue is people are giving away benefits without even having a person meeting God's requirements. No job on this planet, no good job, is going to give you health insurance, dental and vision. If you ain't gone through HR, if you ain't got hired. And as soon as you get fired, you lose those benefits. And that's what we have to learn. We don't hire. We let God. God is over. God is our HR. God is the one that looks over the resumes and says whether or not this person should be hired into our lives and who should be fired out of our lives. And as soon as they're hired at the level of marriage, then you can get those benefits. Or if you're in a friendship and they no longer a godly friendship, then you can fire them and no longer give them the certain benefits required of a friend. But it, it boils down to self-worth. And and just realizing now I got to process these emotions and what set me up to be so deeply connected to this individual. And I got a book on that called uh, The Purpose of Freedom. It talks about soul ties, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Jeff. But now I done got people. Now everybody done posting questions. Just, just go to Joshua Pittman real quick. I'll answer his rapid fire and then we can switch to food. All right. All right. He says, how do you manage to stay awake during meditation? I read that meditation is the key to magnificent fellowship with God. No, worship is. Go to the second part. Closed yeah. eyes meditation is the best meditation. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to close your eyes during meditation, so I don't know where you're getting that from. That might come from yoga or something like that. That's not true. When the Bible says to meditate, it does not mean to clear your mind and close mm. your eyes and all that kind of stuff. When the Bible talks about meditate, it's talking about thinking on. Think about chewing something. You're, 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 you're chewing over the Word of God and dwelling on yep. the Word of God. You're yep. thinking about it. In light of eternity, you're thinking about the scripture, dwelling on the promises of God, on the goodness of God. Applying then, it. On, on, exactly. And then and then you're you're learning it and you're applying it. Like we talked about, I think like two podcasts ago, I talked about um uh anxiety, and I talk about how you have to meditate on the word of God and think on good things. So no, I don't know where that comes from, except that that a worldly thing and, and, and well, it's not worldly, it's demonic, uh, where you would focus on things and close your eyes and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't it's dangerous. Encourage, yeah, I wouldn't encourage you to do that. When I dwell on the word of God, I have my scripture open. I have the scripture open and then I may look up and I just think about what I read in my scripture and I begin to apply it to my life and see where the gaps are that, that uh, you know, I begin to think about what the scripture is saying in the context that it's saying and how can I apply it to my life? So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and real quickly, real quick, I want to add to that is that um, you never want to put yourself in a trance-like state. Exactly. Yeah. Anytime. The Bible yeah. says, be watchful in prayer. Watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Thank you. Yes. Never. The only time that you are like that is when you sleep. Thank you. Yeah. Because the more you get into a trance-like state, that's an open door for demonic spirits to come in. The enemy wants to merge and you take words from the word of God, uh, add a new age rapper, rapper to it, and then have you chew it and then have you find yourself open to even more darker energies and stuff like that. And so when we talk about meditating on God's word, it takes time. Think about it. If I'm looking at a scripture that's challenging me and convicting me, I can literally look at that verse, say, how, how am I applying this in my life right now? What are the things that are in my life right now that's going to keep me from applying this? What is the depths of this text? Let me go. So it's, it's really taking the time to say, how can I get this thing in me? <laughs> how can I get this thing? Man, the word of God is what's some little candies, the little the hard to chew candies. The word of God ain't a quick chew, man. <laughs> you got to chew it or you're going to choke. And so what we're saying is, man, meditation, this dangerous form of just sitting idle and clear headed. They want you clear headed and clear minded so they can start coming in there with different types of influences. Yeah. And we're not saying you can't close your eyes whenever you're praying. But the reason that, again, the reason you're doing that is because you're trying not to be distracted. 
Well, when you're dwelling on God's word, you're actually reading through and chewing it. So yeah, I just yeah. thank you for pointing that out because I think the world does that kind of stuff, and I don't want you guys. One to of my it. students, kid, what's going on, kids? And now I watch it. Thank you, my sister's in the building. Thank y'all for watching. Oh, oh, she's. Thank you so much for this live. Every question was relevant to my life and those around me to edify and build. Thank you, everyone, for being vulnerable. God gets to glory. He sure does, man. Amen. Amen. All right, I think we're done, man. Because then, yeah, no, it's fine. He said, "I read the word before I meditate." Though, yeah, Josh, that, Joshua Pittman, that's fine. We're just saying you don't need, you don't have to close your eyes um, to do that. You just dwell on the word of God, but you don't have to close your eyes so you won't fall asleep and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we just don't want you to be set up, bro, because there's a lot of new age stuff, man. That's dangerous, man. It seems so subtle. Ah, uh, Jamila, she's she's a she's a faithful she's a faithful view. I'm gonna get her. We're done. And then we get into our publics, man. She says, I am. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. I am tired of the devil attacking me. Please help. I refuse to live another year if this keeps happening. Where is Jesus? He's there. But we've, I think I've answered your question, I think, earlier this week in regards to this. Um, It's it's time. Go ahead, Jeff. Why don't we just pray? Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command every demonic spirit that is attacking her life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command it to leave her alone now. Take your hands off of her, Satan. I command you right now in the mighty name of Jesus to go. And that peace and joy will be in her house and in her heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And listen, don't think that God can't move where you're at. One time, though, I was in a church service, as he just real quick. And the Lord told me, text. Actually, I'm not even going to say his name, but it's a guy that you know. I'll tell you later. He went to school with Uh, I, the Lord showed me that a demon was attacking him and he said, text him and tell him that you said to tell that demon to leave his life alone. And he literally read the text out loud and he said his entire body shook and he felt like the presence of demons leaving. And I said, yeah. exactly. It doesn't matter where you're at. Jesus Christ can go. He, he knows no, no distance. He can yeah. touch anywhere you're at. So Jamila, in Jesus' name, the Prince of Peace is there. Welcome him in. Make sure there's no sin in your life. And I believe that you're sincere about that because you've been on yeah. here. Yeah. So yeah. just remember that you trust Jesus no matter what it looks like. No matter what it looks like, you trust him. Okay? We love you and uh, we're yeah. just praying for you. Yeah, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Yeah. So. All right. Oh, Publix. Yeah, man. Publix. Right. Now, Publix <clears throat> is probably my favorite. Favorite grocery store to go to yep. when it's if I want something, some food to eat at the moment. Exactly. Grocery, grocery non, wise, no. non grocery items. I never buy grocery there. No, I, never I take do. that back. Joanne went there a couple weeks ago. Bro, she brought, she, I kid you not, she bought like three dinners, some snacks. It was like, <laughs> it was like a hundred bucks. She's like, I'm never going there for groceries again. I said, Yeah. yeah. It was, I was like, "What?" Nope. I get, uh, I, I, I get better. Lavish, I wasn't talking about lavish dinners, just like <clears throat> regular everyday, you know, quick meals. Even, even like Harris Teeter, yeah, where I'm at, I can get better deals from Harris Teeter than Publix. Yeah. It, so Publix has really good things, but they, but compare their bakery and their deli, nobody can compare. Nobody them. can touch. Nobody can touch them. All right. So top so, three items from Publix. Where's my list? All right, we're gonna start. We're gonna go uh, three, two, one, right? Yeah, three, two, one. All right. What's your number three? My number three, my favorite food, my third favorite food item to get from Publix. Mm-hmm. 
would have to be when they're fresh. Oh, no, man, this is tough, man. I'll give my three. You think about it. Yeah, yours. yeah. All right, my third, and it is very weird, but I don't care. So I'm from Pennsylvania, and in Pennsylvania, we take our lemonade and our tea, and we mix them together, and that's called Arnold Palmer. He was a famous <laughs> golfer. He was a famous golfer from Pennsylvania. History lesson. And he invented, and he invented a drink. And um, if you try it, your life will be changed. But anyway, Publix brand lemonade and iced tea, if mm-hmm. you get them and you put them together, they will supernaturally uh, <laughs> alter your feelings on um, uh, uh, le- lemonade and iced tea. Just try it. Just go get their, their lemonade and their iced tea. I think they have iced tea. I know they have lemonade. Iced tea might be Milo's or Milo's or whatever, but like I think they have their, their Publix brand. And mix them together. And say what you think. All right, that was my my third favorite thing from Publix would have to be the white powder donut holes. Oh yeah. Oh man, I just remembered the lemon cookies. You're right. All right. Yep. Because because sweets cannot be top one and two on this list because the hot bar is just that impeccable. So number three would have to be, and it might not be there for long because you. Oh yeah. Okay. So my number three would have to be the white powdered donut. And my wife don't even know about my relationship with these powdered donuts. <laughs> my wife don't even know about my, my hit relationship. I told you the issue wasn't uh, relations. It's uh, intimacy. Nah, them powdered donuts, man, soft. Anyway, number three. Sanaya says sub. Man, them subs are good. So I'll get sub on my list, but it's not number three. It's better than that. Man, subs might nah, I'm not a big sub guy. I am. And I am. All right. So Sanaya, kid, the kid says a sub. My wife says subs. Damn, I do subs. And why who when you change your picture? Okay. That's what I did. That's what I thought you were She's she gonna let everybody know. I'm pretty easy. Wedding dread. Oh, she looks beautiful. That's all awesome. she does. She does. My sister uh, says potato wedges. Hey, Shante. Um Okay, so they do. Okay, so they have raspberry iced tea. Yeah, so I have their regular iced tea and their and their lemonade, and I mix it and make an Arnold Palmer. So um, until you come home with white powder on your listen, face. listen yeah. when I listen when I know when I'm on the way home, I am very precise with my eating. Oh yeah, he's got, he's got, he, <laughs> the, spotless, the spotless, the spotless lamb. As he has that, you know, you know the spray that you use to clean off your keyboard on your computer. He's got it for yeah, his, for, his yeah, beard. for the beard. Right. You want it? Couldn't even tell. Couldn't even right. tell. Put a good yeah. ginger mint. You straight. So yours is so yours is donuts. Mine's lemonade, nice tea. My number two are subs. I love their subs. Specifically, I like their roast beef subs. And here's the secret, y'all. My wife introduced me to this because I never would have done it. The Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds favor. So she added, I think this is something they do in the South, because we we I've never heard of this where I'm from. But they do mayonnaise and mustard mixed. Like mayonnaise and then mustard on top. Straight. And then um um and, and and I've never had that and it is amazing if you add banana peppers to it. Along yeah, okay. with the, yeah, yeah, bro, all that. bro, I'm telling you, just go try it. Nah, I, I hate mayonnaise. I probably hate mayonnaise more than the devil. Just joking. That is that is not right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just joking. And, and then my wife, her favorite one, you know what she gets is the uh so they have like chicken tenders at um mm-hmm, Publix. Mm-hmm. They take like six of those things and cut them up and put them on a sub. 
And so she puts them on the sub. Yeah, she said, uh, uh, Sana said the uh, uh, the chicken. The yeah. chicken number two? Yeah, what? So, and their chicken wings are incredible too. So, But anyway, she gets the chicken tenders and puts it's it on the sub. And it's amazing. Y'all put chicken wings at number two? Bro, ch- their chicken wings are incredible. All right, let me do my number two. Then All I can right. talk about these individuals All that right. put chicken number two. All right. People, people, people near and dear. All right. Number two on my list are the potato wedges when they're fresh. See, I never get potato wedges from there, so I don't know. Well, I'm just telling you from my experiences. Now, now the potato wedges, I think it's because I don't chew them all the way through. Mm-hmm. But but uh or I chew them the way I should, but potato wedges, pro- man, hold on. Potato wedges is probably number 2 with the ostrich. We'll see. I might take it off my number 2. Yeah, I don't know cuz I have I haven't had them, so I, mean, I, I, I love I love potato wedges. I love I do potato, like potato wedges. wedges. But see, I like them homemade like myself. So that's why I never buy them. From there. But I, I know, would, I understand. But I probably really like it, so I might try that since you're recommending it. I just haven't right, I just always make it let's myself. Talk, let's talk to these people about their number two, my brother. Oh, strawberry lemonade. That's good. I really I, I do see that big area where they got all those teas. I, I dig except for no, the oh, the, all the beverages. I want to try their peach. <clears throat> And if I get off this thing in time, I might run up to Publix and get me because they close at nine. I might go up there. It was at ten. I might go up there and grab me a little peach, a little something, something. So number two, Sanaa, the kid says the chicken. Man, I can't believe it's my own my the sister too. Yeah, I'm saying <sighs> their chicken wings are See, amazing. My wife, my wife, the apple pie is good. I don't, I don't like. I like the apple pie with the crumbles on top. So I'm not a big apple pie anything. So I, apple pie is probably not even in my top ten in desserts. But if I have to have apple pie, I want the little crumbles on top, little crumbles. Yeah. Now, I will say there's one place that I highly recommend. If you guys go to Hilton Head, there's a place called the Purple Cow, and they have an apple dessert there. And I do not like apple. It is is one of the best desserts I've ever had. They have cinnamon ice cream with it, with a pastry that is fried with little apples and, like, syrup on the inside. See. And it's unbelievable with ice cream on. I mean, the cinnamon ice cream—it's amazing. But um, can't can't you can't you like? What is man? Heaven's gonna be amazing, bro. Oh, I know. Um, okay. So you said so I said lemonade for three, subs for two. You said powdered donuts for three and potato wedges. Potato wedges. Are you sticking with that for two? I'm thinking for right Number now. One. What's number one? But then we lost Jeff again. Oh, sorry. No, I'm here. See, as soon as we can talked about me? heaven and food, the devil got yeah. mad. No, no, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. No, hold on. Okay. There so, you go. There we um, go. My number one. Yeah, my number one, hands down, of all the Publix things ever, of any grocery store on the face of the earth, are Publix brownies. Nothing can compare to them. So, chicken wings are even your top three? Are out, uh, no. They can't even compare. Brownies are the number one thing from Publix. And let me tell you something. If I got you, remember, I'm from up north. So when I say that uh, I don't, the reason why chicken wings isn't on my top three is because, listen, in Pittsburgh, they know how to make chicken wings. So I, they, Publix can't compare to that. As hard as they try, they can't. But um, <laughs> but they are very good. They, they do have very good wings because one thing I noticed is that they still stay big, which is how they do up north. And that's why I'm amazed by themselves. But no, my number one. Their brownies. You have you gone to get their brownies yet? 
Yeah, I got two of their brownies. That's why brownies was like number four because the white powdered donuts. Bro, they're brown, like they're, the donuts yeah. the brownies. I only had their brownies like twice though, man. I'm not. I'm not a big brownie from the store person. I'm a brownie from the oven person. No, I agree with you on that. But their brownies are not to be compared with. See, you're like Joanne. She's not a big brownie person. But yet when she makes homemade brownies, they're like the best ever, which blows my mind because she doesn't even like brownies that much. But uh, but I've said that before. I say you and Joanne are a lot alike. So yeah, that's my sister, man. We twins. But my number one. Number that one. y'all that y'all disrespectfully put number two and not in the top three. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> the lightly, my sister know my sister knows me. The lightly battered chicken wings. The ones you gotta call in and say, hey. The ones you call in and say, hey man, bro, can you put about 20 of them things in that the lightly battered? Put that thing in, might be in about 25. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't get what do you mean by lightly battered? Are they are they like fried chicken? So they're not they're not super crunched, they're lightly battered. So they're not it's 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 a light a light crust on it. It's not like all that extra batter, even though that does have its place. Get the lightly battered when they're fresh. It's just a nice little, a nice little touch of you don't, of, you don't do that one? Huh? Are they plain? Are they I don't do I don't I don't do I don't I don't do I no I don't do the hot sauce stuff. I do the the fried chicken, like fried chicken, the batter with the, oh, with the flour. No, see, I've only had I've only had their their chick their hot chicken wings. Bro, see that's why it's not even in your top five because I know you from a but Jeff go. I know what there you go. I know why Jeff don't like these wings. Because he's what from up north. He likes like he, fried they're fried chicken. Fried chicken wings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't like fried chicken. That's why. Yeah. I that's like it. I like regular chicken wings. That's not chicken wings. That's fried chicken. That's but they're wings. Oh, y'all are on the chopping block. No. That's that's the they're wings. Like, Those that is wings. You know well, what? they're fried chicken. You know what? And you know what? slash you know what? Got, chicken tenders when they're fresh. Their chicken tenders are good, and I like chicken tenders. But I don't. But anyway, wing. You haven't had it's their a, hot wings. Yeah, I had the hot wings, but it's not. It's not. I like fried chicken though. I'm from the south. He was born up north. That's how y'all eat. That's how I eat y'all's food. Yeah, that's true. My sister says sub so sandwich number I understand one for her. Why yours is, I, now I understand why yours is number one is the wings, and mine is not even for my because my wings. When I sit, when I think of their wings, I'm comparing them to up north, and they're not comparing. But no. No, I, I would I would agree with Shantae. See, you guys must not have had their brownies, but I would agree sub sandwiches is number one. If and you then, haven't uh, had the their kid, brownies. sweet Sanaya says the sweet tea. No, that's a kid. Exactly, kid love. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Kids, the kid, kids like drinks. And, and, no, but she's right. Take their sweet tea and mix it with the lemonade, and tell me what you think. She'll she let us know next episode. I know that for sure. They double coat their wings. Mm -hmm. That's how I like them. Yeah, so sometimes what we do, what we do at North is that you do a fry, then you put it in cornstarch, and then you, you fry it again. But it's not like a batter. It's like a, I don't know how to describe it to you. Like It's like um, you dip it in cornstarch, not flour. And then you, you fry it halfway through, and then and then you um, do it again, and then you fry it, and you mix it in your sauce. But you're, I think what you're saying are like chicken wings. They are just chicken fried chicken, but but the wings. They're wings, okay. fried chicken, but they're separate. They're not. They're not. They're not in their. They're not in their triune form. They're broken. I have to. Um. I, I, 
That's what happens when you blaspheme the chicken wings. Yeah, I'll ask her if she if she's had those. She might have had them and she likes them. All right, y'all. We love y'all, but we got to go. I got to go do another live and I got to get ready for work tomorrow. Cool. All right. All right we love y'all, man. Love y'all. Next Publix is, is a great place. Nah, I won't be able to go because they probably put their hot bar down and it's probably too late. My wife is watching, so she's going to be on extra guard for me not to leave the house. <laughs> so we'll see y'all next week. Pray All my right. strength tomorrow when I get them wings. And, and y'all got to go try the white powder donuts and try Jeff's brownies and let us know next week. I'm going to try the... So the powdered donuts are like just the regular, like small ones? No, they donut holes are like huge. Oh, the holes. They're holes. Yeah, Not I don't holes. want... No, nah, I like the holes. Oh, okay. Man. I'll try that. Yeah, anything from Publix is good, so I'm sure there's not a Yeah, their bakery, I just wish they did a better job with their three-layer cakes. They don't got yellow cake with chocolate icing. So disrespectful. I'm I'm actually going to write them. I cannot believe, let me just, um, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to write them and be like, man, yo, man, y'all got all the cakes in the world, but the yellow cake cake with chocolate. Publix is a delicacy. You cannot have yellow cake. Yellow cake with chocolate icing? No. The old-fashioned cake. Bro, have you seen the cakes that they produce? Yeah, but man, I don't really rock with them. I know you need to get like I told their you. Carrot gotta... ca- their carrot cake's not that good. Their red velvet cake. Their red velvet cake is incredible. Maybe I need to try it again. The best cake you'll ever have if you come down here, I will take you there. Is um uh Alpine uh bakery. They are do they got do they, do, living. Do, do, do they, they have, have yellow? They have well, no, they. I don't know. They have everything you can imagine, and the and the thing is that they have everything uh, I can imagine. Do you know what I imagine for cakes? Yellow cake, with chocolate icing. Do they? Do they have they that? Have, they have a cake called. <laughs> they have a cake called Death by Chocolate. It is the greatest cake ever invented, ever invented. Oh no, I like red. I like. Oh, I like red velvet. I do like. I do like red velvet cake. I think my sister was saying, "Shake my head." Red velvet cake is good tonight. It is. But yellow cake and chocolate icing is the best cake of all time. Yellow cake is okay. Yeah, it's the best. See y'all. This is the first time me and Nezzy disagree. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye.